All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, and we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, all you good citizens of Crypt Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It is I, Pizza Mind, your trusty, cheesy host over here, and I've got a couple great guests with us today. We're going to do a deep dive on NFTs, simply because that's the hot thing in the market right now. They have survived better than most altcoins, better than Bitcoin, better than stocks, gold, NFTs have a shining light on them at the moment, and I'm scratching my head trying to figure out why. So I've got two experts, the co-founders of Super Rare, John Crane and Jonathan Perkins. Welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. What's up, Aaron? Super stoked to be here. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, excited, Aaron. Thanks so much. The honor is all mine. I'm simply just a humble podcast host, but you guys are actually builders in the space. And you've built something called Super Rare, which is in two parts. You got the Super Rare Labs and the Super Rare DAO, and then the Super Rare platform. And can you break down exactly what it is you guys built and why you went about building it this way? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, maybe as an important part of that, we can kind of just give you a little bit of background context on us and you kind of like take you along the, uh, the startup founder journey, if you will. Please do. Who the hell are you guys? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, hey, for everyone this link listening, uh, my name is John Crane. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders at SuperRare. And we are almost, we're getting close to being five years in. So we started working on this project. Technically in late 2017, we officially founded the company in 2018. And the moment we started reading about NFTs, we got very excited. Uh, we, you know, I, me personally, I've kind of sat at the intersection of art and technology. Uh, so I studied architecture and design and engineering in college and then became really interested in programming. So I moved to New York, worked in advertising and always knew, you know, in the advertising business, there's a ton of creative individuals. Uh, 3D animators, illustrators, graphic designers, you know, people who are truly incredible artists. But before NFTs, there wasn't really a place in the market for digital art. And so, you know, as uh, somebody who's interested in art collecting, um, this is kind of like percolating in the back of my mind personally. And when I saw the evolution of NFTs, I got very excited. And uh, you know, I was actually at a bar with John and pitched him on this idea, you know. What if uh, what if we started selling selling art on the internet as NFTs? 
And so, yeah, you know, we, we were around kind of at the beginning of NFTs and kind of quickly fell down the rabbit hole. Uh, we built a prototype in about six months and launched, launched it in April, April 2018. So the first version of Super Rare uh, was, uh, so it was, you know, it was a creator platform. So we built a tool for people to mint NFTs. Uh, but we also wanted to, you know, focus on collectors and give them, you know, an opportunity to be part of this market. So we launched it with a marketplace that included primary and secondary uh, sales as well. It was uh, very simple at first. It doesn't, it didn't look nearly as good as it looks today. So yeah, we, you know, we, we bootstrapped the business. So for the first three years, uh, it was, you know, more or less just, uh, us doing side projects and you know spending our uh, our savings. My wife was asking me, you know, when I was going to get a real job, and you know, luckily, I think you know, part of it is we just survived long enough for the market to catch up. You know, I think we were a little bit early. But, you know, in 20, 2021, everyone saw the NFT markets exploding, and yeah, we you know we just happened to be there. Have been focused on art. Uh, John, is there anything I missed? I love that. You know, so many of life's best memories start at a bar some night. And Jonathan, you got talked into this. What were you thinking along that three-year bootstrapping journey? Well, yeah, um, maybe we should talk about the bar first. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go into more detail. Tell us yeah, about so that night, a, that fateful night. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually quite a, you know, quite a long series of conversations. So, uh, you know, for the context, John and I are actually cousins. Uh, we went to college together in San Francisco. We both got into crypto around the same time, which basically involved me showing up at our grandma's house at Thanksgiving in 2013 and John just opening the sliding glass door. And instead of saying like, what's up? Happy Thanksgiving. He just said, Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, we spent like a, a three-day weekend like rabbit holing on Bitcoin. So all that is to say... We've you know collaborated on a lot of things throughout the years, uh, including tinkering with uh, stuff in college. And around the time Ethereum launched in 2015, we were living in uh, Brooklyn, New York, with the younger Crane brother Charles, and uh, who became the third co-founder. And so, you know, like we were all pretty deeply immersed in crypto, but you know, hat tip to John for like really having his. Uh, earlobe to the railroad track as it were and hearing the rumblings of this stuff coming and he kept coming to me with like dude check out this thing called pepe cash and like there's this meme market of uh you know stuff happening on the bitcoin blockchain and i was like dude i literally have no idea what you're talking about these are like pictures of frogs but he was right to point out that there were people digitizing content and tokenizing it to that made, that made it unique and tradable just like Bitcoin uh, was doing for money. And that was a very early uh, precursor to what was forming around the um, run what would form into the NFT standard. And so, yeah, anyway, uh, several beers uh, over several different occasions in you know 20, 2016, 2017, we started increasingly kind of going down the rabbit hole of this stuff. And we also started really networking in New York and found that there was a really deep and vibrant community of artists and art collectors and entrepreneurs kind of focused in this sector. And it was all around this concept of rare digital art. There was in early 2018, there was a, the first of a series of events called the Rare Art Festival. And uh, obviously, like the name, I think, was a very like, you know, the word rare was pioneered by the rare Pepe community. And so we decided to focus uh, to, you know, start a platform to empower artists and let them, you know, create and uh, tokenize and trade their works as NFTs. So with that little bit of background, uh, might be good to like fast forward to today and like, you know, just give the kind of elevator pitch for, for what SuperR is. So SuperR is the biggest uh, NFT platform that's focused on art. So we are a, a community of artists, collectors, curators, and builders. And we are currently, you know, trying to take what started out as like a really fragmented ecosystem of, of crypto art where there's super rare and several other similar kind of you know small exclusive platforms. And we're trying to make super rare the platform for crypto art. So that is to say NFTs that are minted by artists themselves and sold directly to collectors 
And, you know, given that this is, you know, the unique thing about Web3 is that it's built on this uh, shared data layer, right? And so we, we have the opportunity to say, you know, allow artists to, you know, bring in their entire canon of works uh, to a single platform. And so essentially our, our focus is in fostering community. There's a very, you know, passionate community of, of uh, artists and collectors who care deeply about this. And, as, and we, we want Superair to be the, the best uh, art collecting platform. I love that story. It's really what's all what crypto is all about. You know, two guys following their passion, building something, you know, half a decade too early, but going through the struggle, going through the sacrifice to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And only in this industry will something like that work. So I really admire you guys for your perseverance and congratulations on all the success you've had to date. And much, much more in the future because you guys are really doing so much more than hosting a website on the internet where you can do a couple of things. Tell us about, you know, just the outreach in the community, like the super rare gallery and so many of these other things that you have going on just to grow your community and your ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. So it is very community centric and it has been from literally day one. So as you picked up on, uh, we were quite early to the market 100% of investors that we went to in uh, you know the very early days were just like, what the hell are you guys thinking? Like, you know, nobody's ever going to pay money for JPEGs, and the NFT market is going to be all about gaming. It was like gaming, gaming, gaming. Like, you guys should definitely pivot to gaming. And we were like, you know, we think that the creator economy is extremely powerful. Like, just look at Instagram for example. Uh, it's a multi-billion-dollar network. And this is, you know, essentially a, a way to have that have, you know, a huge unlock for creators to be able to directly monetize their work. So, like, you know, kind of how how can you not see that this is going to be huge? So, while there were no investors on day one, there was a very uh, a, a kind of electric shock connection with uh, very early adopters. So, some of the well, most well known artists in the space now, like Xcopy emailed us on literally day one of announcement and said, Hey, we should work together. You know, like I want to get my art on your platform and, um, on both the collector and artist side. And so while it was slow to, to grow from, I would say, you know, 2018 through 2020, the community grew all along and was, uh, very, yeah, very rich and like very, you know, kind of deep connections, uh, were made. And so fast forward to 2021, we, had raised some money, which allowed us to uh, have the resources to do the ultimate dream, which is to take full advantage of the power of Web3 and turn SuperRare into a DAO. And so the reason we wanted to do that is that we think that you know traditional or, or Web2 model creator platforms, such as YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, etc., there's a massive disalignment between the platform the interests of the platform and the interests of its users, right? So the users are interested in creating good content, consuming content. The platform is interested in literally selling your eyeballs, selling your attention to advertisers. Those are two vastly different things. And what we've seen with the power of blockchain technology is that user-owned networks can... Uh, be much more incentive aligned between the participants in the network. And so we said, wouldn't it be great if there was an art market that was governed by the artists and by the collectors and by the curators on it? So last summer, we launched the Rare Token and turned Super Rare, um, or you know, we say we, we're taking the path to progressive decentralization, right? So it's, a, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. We were, a, we were a basically a four-year-old startup at the time that we took this journey. And uh, we're well on our way. We've spent the past year launching, you know, a decentralized network of galleries called Super Rare Spaces. We've got a whole governance process set around, set up around the Rare Token. Um, and uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do. But you know, like you said earlier in the earlier in the podcast, we now so we are you know our, our centralized startup company has become more of a support role. It's like kind of a community support role. And we see ourselves as service providers um, in service to the DAO. So we have a contractual agreement with the SuperRare DAO, but the 100% of the 
you know, proceeds from the art marketplace go into the community treasury. They do not go to Super Rare Labs. And the major you know, platform level decisions such as, should we raise fees or lower fees? Uh, how should the curation governance systems work? All those things are now in the hands of, uh, of the community of Rare holders. That's incredible. Um, it's such a scary thing as a founder to let your bird fly free and see what happens. But when you curate a community for five years, you pretty much know what you're going to get at that point. And yeah, it, decentralization is a gradient and it's something that happens a little bit over time. But I love the fact, you know, what you said there that your centralized entity is in service. And that's really what good leadership is in service to everyone else who makes that grandfather clock tick, you know? So that's brilliant. Um, can we get a little more details on that rare token? You know, that's like the favorite topic of you know, all of our listeners. You're like a new token that's accruing value. Tell me more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So we, yeah. So as John mentioned, we launched or the, you know, the token was created last summer. There was, and so, yeah, I said there was an airdrop to the, you know, the community members who had, uh, you know, made, you know, really helped us They like they were integral in making the platform what it was. And so 15% uh, of the token supply was airdropped to users of the platform, like sort of historical users of the platform. So everybody from day one up until, I believe that the cutoff was sometime in July, uh, right before the airdrop, sort of based on usage, uh, they were awarded some amount of rare to, you know, participate in governance and curation on the platform. And... The majority of the tokens went to the community treasury. So there's also kind of like a DAO controlled community treasury um, to, you know, sort of incentivize growth in the ecosystem, right? So this includes everything from, you know, developer grants to helping to support artistic communities all around the world. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know, we, we sort of like to think about, you know, super rare and the rare token turning into this, you know, being the curation layer uh, for the internet and, you know, kind of like starting specifically with super rare, the, we were the first curator in the super network, right? It was at first, it was just us onboarding artists. And with the launch of the rare token last summer, uh, we now started to onboard these spaces, these kind of like independently run curation nodes. And they're onboarded, uh, democratically elected by uh, the rare token holders. So kind of in addition to some of the more standard, you know, DAO governance things, uh, there's a heavy emphasis on curation and we're kind of, you know, we're continually engaging the community and trying to look forward to like, you know, what is the next step for curation on, you know, a large scale like this? Yeah, just, I guess just one other, you know, a couple more things to add to that. So, you know, from a technical standpoint, the rare token is the governance token of the, the super rare network. And, you know, we are obviously, I, I think it's, you know, extremely interesting and exciting to see all the innovation happening around uh, DeFi, decentralized finance. But, and, you know, NFT, I would say the NFT market is, you know, kind of finance adjacent, right? Like there's a lot of overlap between users of DeFi products and of uh, super rare. But Art is, you know, inherently visual, inherent, and I would argue inherently social, and inherently, you know, it's we're dealing in the humanities here, right? Like this isn't just a financial transaction, and so surely there's some kind of serious nuts and bolts governance to be done, such as, like I mentioned before, adjusting platform fees and thinking about network growth and that, and that sort of thing. But we also think governance should be fun, right? Like this is a like people use artistic web platforms to express themselves, to discover beauty, to have fun, to connect with each other. And we, we think that like, we think that fungible tokens are the, this new primitive that we're going to see evolve over the next 10, 20 years. Like, I don't think we fully understand uh, the power of what we're dealing with here, just on a, you know, kind of zoomed out level with these crypto networks and the, like I said, uh, user owned platforms. And so, um, we think there's a huge opportunity to innovate kind of at the token level and make governance fun and engaging. And so um, it's still, you know, uh, kind of in its fledgling state on Super Air and many other platforms. Like we're, we're in very early days, but 
the first use case, uh, for example, for the rare token was to participate in what we call the space race, which is this kind of like fun gamified leaderboard style experience where the community picks future curators of the platform. And so there are the, you know, it's like we said, spaces are these decentralized sovereign in, you know, independent galleries in the, in the super rare ecosystem. So yeah, that's, that's an example of, you know, just kind of, we're trying to put our flag out there and push people to participate in a way that says like, oh, this can be fun and, and cool and engaging and not necessarily, you know, feel like a finance dashboard. Yeah. That's great. And it, it was pretty good. There's one stat on that. So for the first space race, we had over 40% of the circulating supply participate in the vote, which, you know, if you look at you know, general governance numbers, uh, that's sort of unheard of. So yeah, I like think a general yeah. vote might be like 5%. So yeah, get 40% participation is unreal. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Um, it's, you guys have really built something cool, but I mean, we went from existing on a lonely island to now, you know, being a juggernaut on, you know, the NFT Wall Street, along with OpenSea and Looks Rare is coming up and there's Nifty Gateway and some other NFT marketplaces people have heard of. But are all NFT marketplaces kind of the same, like going from Walmart to Target, or are there really distinct differences that people should be aware of so they know they need to go to you know one site for this, one site for that? And you mentioned you guys are strictly just art, like not gaming items, not AI personalities, not anything else. Yeah, you know, where, where does, names. Yeah, yeah. Where where do we? You know, think of you guys in terms of your, the total addressable market. Yeah, so we're very focused on art and culture. Um, so there are, you know, I think there's adjacent things to visual arts. So maybe, you know, fashion and music. I think there's some really interesting overlap and experimentation happening there. And so, yeah, I'd say that's you know, the, the big differentiator. And, you know, part of this has to do with kind of our, you know, thesis for how the market evolves. Yeah, with any new technology, you know, like we're still saying NFT, right? It's like no one's talking about SMTP for email, even though there's this standard that sort of is the foundation for, uh, you know, for how the, the technology works. And when I think about how the market continues to evolve, I think we'll see sort of category, like verticalized category leaders related to what the specific uh, assets are. So in the, you know, it's like, if you think about uh, metaverse land is an interesting example where I think ultimately someone builds kind of the Zillow for shopping for metaverse land. There's a bunch of contextual information that your you know, purchasers want who are doing research and due diligence need to understand. And so I think that's the same for art, right? There's fairly specific uh, data sets and, you know, presentation kind of like UI UX things that you're going to want uh, when shopping for uh, different types of art. And so, yeah, I kind of see Super Air being the, the category leader as far as art and culture goes. So, you, you know, you'll, if you just look at the design, for example, like we've put design at the forefront since the early days. And, right, like we try to make the Super Air UI as minimal as possible. So the art really speaks, right? Like we don't, if you're thinking about how cool our buttons look, that's taking away from the art. So, you know, like we really tried to early on when we were like iterating this, we we're like, what would it be like if you kind of took a museum and you smashed it together, like with Giphy, right? It's like insane gifts, but like presented to you in a museum or gallery style environment. So yeah, it's very much focused on presentation, uh, information, contextual information about the art. Then also, you know, like John mentioned, we're trying to reinvent the economics for human creativity. So we, when we launched Super Air, uh, we built into the smart contracts this idea of a 10% royalty for artists on secondary sales. And so you know, we've kind of continued to try to think about the business. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Model for art and how we can evolve it and make it more interesting and more equitable. And so last year, we also announced a collector royalties program. So, you know, what does it look like if you kind of take, you know, we now have this new layer of programmable money. And so how can we build new business models that support uh, the industry? Obviously, the industry we're focused on is art, but just thinking about how can we continue to reinvent what we're doing to support more creatives to make a living, you know, doing what they do best. And I guess one uh, last thing to note there, you know, we recently announced um, or the Netgear uh, who's the creator of an art product called The Mural. So this is an art frame. Let's do kind of show off your NFTs in your house. They actually joined the Super Air DAO to help pioneer a streaming royalty concept. So they're working with the DAO to try to figure out how could we apply the idea of real-time royalties to curated streams of art. So just continuing to uh, you know, reinvent the economics to support the creatives. So that's interesting. So like... You could have these frames at a physical gallery, and if they're turned on and displaying art for a certain amount of hours, that's generating a certain amount of revenue for the artist. Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of that's the end state. Obviously, you know, there is you know, a technical implementation there, but yeah, that's the, but idea, that's the vision. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. And I think one, and you know, we've seen numerous attempts at streaming art. Uh, you know, kind of like a la Netflix style. And they've never really taken off. And you know, one thesis we had was just that part of you know, like art's a very specific industry, right? You have these, you know, big collector personalities, you know, there's like it's there, it's a a lot of the like sort of the intrigue, you know, has to do with the people, it's the individuals, like who's the artist, who's the collector, right? These are all very interesting humans. And sort of an all-you-can-eat streaming solution, you lose some of the, that intrigue. And so it's how do you bring in the artist and the collector into that equation while you're streaming the art? You know, it's, it, it adds depth to the art to know that, you know, if you, Kanye West is actually the owner of this original NFT and it's part of this, you know, uh, streaming solution. So I think it's like... That's you know, super interesting. So like if you yeah. have like art in your home, 
And then with like digital photo frames came out and you've got your frame on the wall and it's changing pictures like a screensaver, but it's all just like your like family photos. Like what if it was all the best created art in the world that was to your liking and specification and it would change every hour or every day along with the description and the story of the art. Uh, Wouldn't that be an incredible talking piece as people are coming over? So art as a service um, has not been done yet, but wow, the ramifications of a subscription model like that and a partner like Netgear, that's tremendous. So I'm really, really impressed by your vision. I want to get more of it. Like keep, keep feeding us, you know, like what are some of the other big creators or projects that you guys are starting to work on and build a future around? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I guess just to, to kind of double tap on that, like, you know, the concept of, of streaming and of NFTs as collectibles, like the vision is so, you know, um, again, the mission of super rare is to revolutionize the economics of human creativity and to make the art market something that millions and millions more people can access. Um, the you know the current art market is extremely small from like a number of participants uh, example even or a perspective even though it's like a you know double digit billions and annual market. And the you know the kind of flip side of that is that the if you think about the creator economy. As it, you know, people traditionally understand it, meaning web two social media platforms primarily and YouTube. There's one, there's essentially one business model in you know in um online creator platforms. It's advertising, right? Even Google, like from the you know, kind of foundation of web two, Google searches to Instagram to YouTube to Twitter, like these are great companies, but like they're from my from my perspective they're they're kind of like almost shackled by the technology because they weren't able to innovate on their business model they're all literally the same business model which is just plain and simple advertising and that's not very good for uh creators and it it has been a double-edged sword uh creators have benefited from being able to build communities and build followers for free like i used to play in bands obviously using instagram uh, is important to like, you know, announce shows and to connect with fans and that sort of thing. But as far as monetizing your actual work, your actual creativity, Web two creator platforms suck. <laughs> like, there's not the economics are not good. And so when we say revolutionize the economics of human creativity, like that sounds lofty, but it's actually really fucking real, right? Like, how, NFTs are essentially un- they unlock the ability to have digital collectibles. Like that's a fundamental new human behavior that's able to be brought onto the internet by the advent of NFT technology. And um, that with that, we've been able to help flip the, you know, the economics of being a creator on its, on its head. So an example of that is there's this very large and extremely talented community of um, 3D animators. So people who do motion graphics and, you know, extremely refined and creative uh, animation work, some of it's crazy, like photorealistic. There hasn't typically been a collectible fine art market for these creators. So many of them had day jobs as, you know, doing ad spots, essentially, you know, you might be doing like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola ads or, you know, Jaguar TV spots or something like that. But um, and we've you know had dozens of these type of creators join Super, and all of a sudden they can spend a week making a piece that's not for somebody else; it's for their own vision, and sell it to a collector for maybe six figures, um, who really you know have find a collector that really really connects with it, and kind of unfettering these artists uh, to pursue work that they're more passionate about, rather than having a job that you know in some ways could be seen as like more corporate or kind of like being a tradesman. And so the, you know, the, the streaming idea or the, you know, the, the work that we're doing um, in streaming and the, the partnership with Netgear, that's more emerging, but it's another example of new monetization capabilities and new possibilities for creators being unlocked by, you know, this, this kind of advent of the merging of, you know, essentially, you know, art media and, and blockchain. So you know, the, the big vision is to allow anyone in the world with uh, internet connection and a hundred bucks in their pocket 
to be uh, art collector, uh, which is currently seen as a very uh, exclusive, you know, small, very niche thing. Much like you know, many many people in the world with a few bucks and a smartphone, you know, so pay to subscribe to to music each month. I love it. While you guys were talking, it really made me think of this book that I've been reading and kind of pouring through for a while. The book is called The Fourth Turning by Neil Howe and William Strauss. And you know, before we get into what I mean there, I would you know, let me paint another picture for you. Like I often feel in life like Alex from A Clockwork Orange in the second half of the movie. Definitely not the first half. But the second half where he's strapped into this chair, his eyelids are forced open and he's just watching this content and it's just brainwashing him. But this content to me is Twitter and Twitter's giving me all this insight about what's going on in crypto, but it's also filtering in all this garbage from the media and the craziest things going on in the world. I mean, I literally have recurring nightmares about some things I've seen on Twitter. No joke. But <laughs> As this filters in, like I can't like look away. Like it's just like, oh God, I gotta have more. Like, what's really happening outside of crypto? How's it gonna affect crypto? Like, there's people that are relying on me to know these things. I have to know. So I'm just pouring all this stuff into my brain. And I stumbled upon this book, The Fourth Turning, and it describes American society broken down into eras, essentially. And we're in and there's like there's four of them and there's and they just kind of work in a cycle and this fourth era in the cycle is called a crisis and it's describing everything that's happening in society right now but the book was written in 1998 well it was published in 1998 so it's absolutely fascinating you know everything from you know the 2008 financial crisis was predicted in this book and it talks about the different type of people who are born during these generations and the people who are born during the crisis generation which is now are the artist generation and the artists are the ones who bring us out of this crisis into a renaissance because in the next set of eras, you know, the number one era or the number one part of that is a high. It's the great times. It's the 1950s era that, you know, we all remember so fondly and wonder what the hell happened. There's another one of those coming after we're done with the shit we're dealing with now. And it's the artist generation who's being born that's going to bring us out of that. And what you two are building are the rails and the tools for those artists to be successful in their mission as part of society's cycles. So that's fucking fascinating to me. So good job, you guys. And thank you. I love it. I got to read <laughs> because this. To so me, great. like as I mentioned you at the very beginning, I'm a humble podcast host because podcast hosts are really useless in the grand scheme of things. We don't know how to code. We don't know how to build. We're not passing laws. We just sit here and blabber all the time. But I would love to be able to be a creator and do art and follow passions outside of crypto and be able to make just as much of a living or an impact or you know draw in an audience. Like I have no social media left other than the Crypto 101 podcast Twitter and my own personal Instagram. And I hate my Instagram. I have it so I can message people I know across the world, but I spend more time trying to hide things in my feed that Instagram spews at me than I do actually communicating with my friends or seeing the content I want. And it is horrible. I wish I could just have any kind of social media service where it's just friends and not the platform and not their advertisers and not what they want me to see because it's generating more money for them. So yeah, I it, can't wait to see super rare continue to evolve and grow and really usher in this Renaissance period, the light at the end of the tunnel for the world that we're in now. <laughs> Love it. Well, very well said. And uh, it sounds like you've got a, a great reading list. So I, just, I just bookmarked that one. I'm going to have to, I'm uh, going to have to swoop it and check it out. But yeah, I, I, I think a couple of things you said that are really interesting. We see these things on, um, or, you know, I think as a founder and particularly someone in the, um, in the crypto space, like it's almost maybe out of uh, survival, like mental survival, like you have to think very long-term. Um, so we see this as a multi-year, multi-decade 
revolution. You know, like we've been seeing the digital revolution play out for 20 years now, right? With uh, it's revolutionized music, publishing, film, streaming, and uh, we're now seeing it with collectibles. So I, I see this as a continuation of the prior digital revolution. And but this this art market and this creator economy is going to continue to to unfold uh, for for many many years. So we're in this for the very long haul, and it's almost you know. So that's I almost find it like silly when people ask me like, oh, like aren't NFTs dead, right? Because they had a bad month, or you know, like I heard the market crash. So we we're thinking on these very long term cycles, and you um, and so it's very fascinating to think about in in the context of the book you mentioned, and then with regards to the you know social networks like you said kind of get all this spam and get all this this ads out of my feed like that's to me why like partly why i'm so passionate about this is because like instagram was fucking cool when it first came out there were no ads it was this community of creators like it, it had a it had a spark of lightning um and it was genuine right it wasn't this corporate tool and i remember the day they added ads and we were like People thought it would never be, you know, it was like, oh, get this shit out of here. And like, of course, they were able to shoehorn it into their model. But here we are five years in and we're at the, you know, I think there's an inflection point here as platform builders. Like, we want to keep Super Air fucking cool, right? Like, w- there's been this really passionate community from day one. We've had this kind of, you know, blessed opportunity to connect with people. There's been a spark of magic around uh, around Super Air since since day one. It really, um, you know, we've been able to to mobilize people and, and see the vision. And we're about the maturity level where in the old model we might sell out or like it would become shitty or become populated with ads, right? And we need to see it through. So that's kind of where we're at, and that's why we. Our, you know, we took the much, much harder path of, you know, decentralization and community ownership. But like, we think there's an opportunity here to not have this kind of expiration date event that so many of the, you know, web platforms that started out really cool and community driven and then ended up uh, really corporate. So that's kind of like the long term, uh, you know, fight that we're fighting. Yeah. And yeah, that's a very well said job. And just like, you know, I think it's subtle, but also important that like, you know, one of the early ideas that we had was talking about what if social platforms had a marketplace business model instead of an advertising business model. And it like it changes the incentive. And, you know, it seems small, but like there is this tension and that advertisers really all if they were if they could show ads and that didn't have to deal with customers and show content. They only show ads because they make money on the ads, right? It's like um, there's this tension, and so it's interesting to see this uh, play out with something you know, kind of like a new model at the core. Yeah, absolutely. So, where can we get involved in the super rare community? Where do we go to get started? Where do we go to start, you know, uploading our art to make our own NFT collections? Walk us through the path to join you guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, well, you can find Super at SuperRare.com and there's uh, links there to our Discord, which is our um, community uh, chat. And then also you'll find uh, the governance forum, which is forum.SuperRare.com. And you can find, you know, kind of associated links to get involved with the DAO. We're currently overhauling the, the process by which uh, artists get on. We're transitioning, like you know, like we said, like we keep saying, we're transitioning to um, you know decentralized governance, and so we're um, actually just in the next few weeks gonna like uh, announce a new protocol and system by which artists can submit their profiles and get um, you know get listed by uh, curators in the network. So uh, pretty excited announcement uh, coming there. And in the meantime, there is an artist. There's you'll find links on the website to apply uh, as an artist currently through the legacy system. But yeah, you know, like I said, we're you know super rare at a very zoomed out level is a community of you know passionate builders, artists, collectors, and curators. And um, you know, NFTs are a very broad bucket, and we think that art deserves its own place. And so um, you know, for us, super rare is that place. And we're um, any you know anyone that's uh, maybe resonated with with what we're talking about here, 
into art, into collecting, uh, you know, into, uh, into, into being a creative. Um, yeah. Come, come talk to us. Fantastic. Gentlemen, before I let you go, I have one question left and I'd like both of you to give your take on for those of us who are just listening about NFTs and art collecting for the first time, can you leave us with some pointers of advice of what to look for in a good collection or maybe some red flags to avoid since there's so many things going on in the NFT space? What, how do we gauge what's good, what's bad, what might you know, appreciate in the future, you know, what's a blue chip NFT collection versus, you know, something that somebody minted, you know, just to run off with all the money. Yeah. Good question. We, you know, this is part of why Superair has started out curated, right? Like we didn't want to spend our time kind of dealing with, you know, things being ripped off of Instagram or Google and tokenized. And so, you know, with Superair, uh, there is a vetting process that you know, like, goes through and makes sure that these you know artists and creators are genuinely making art. And I think starting with an artist that resonates with you as a collector, right? You know, whether that could be their you know their mission or their story, or you know just visual, you know, so buying something that you like. You know, ultimately, it's your art collection, and so that's you know for me, it's. And it starts with the art that I like. And then, you know, I'll fall in love with somebody's style, start to learn about the artist. You know, I think it's, you know, it's it's kind of just like any other type of, uh, you know, research or diligence process, but obviously more fun because, uh, you know, you're getting to know an artist and learning about, you know, their craft and why they're making it. So I would say, you know, find art that you like, then go you know, find out who the artist is, you know, like follow them on Twitter. You know, these are humans uh, interacting, you know, kind of like showing their creativity to the world and just, uh, you know, start there. And Jonathan, anything you'd like to add to that? So, yeah, I guess maybe the other thing um, is that in the context of art, we think, you know, curation is, is very important. And that's a, it's a nuanced word. It, it can mean different things to different people. Like John alluded to the idea that like super rare overall is trying to maintain a curated community of artists so that you, um, as a collector can go there and, and know that there's been some kind of vetting process or at the very, very least, you're not going to get, you know, rugged. But beyond that, we're trying to build a scalable ecosystem where curation can thrive, right? Like we want to be, we want SuperRare to be a platform where curators have a, uh, a very central role because they are important. Collectors want to know uh, what curators they, uh, if you, if you follow curators, you want to know what they're, what they're talking about, right? Like these are, these are people who have their eye full time on the market. And those of us who have you know day jobs that are um, that are otherwise, it's helpful to have recommendations to new you know see what up and coming artists um, they're finding and following, to see what you know kind of blue chip stuff that they're recommending. And so, like John mentioned, we you know we started out as a platform and we were kind of playing the role of platform builder slash curator, right? And I call that kind of like the super rare or uh, sorry the the crypto art. 1.0 model where there was this like kind of fragmented ecosystem of different platforms, each which were like wearing the hat of like platform builder and curator. And we're, you know, we're trying to um, blow the lid off that and, and build this really broad and uh, vibrant ecosystem of different types of curation, right? If you look at, you know, we kind of think of it as like the Reddit model, like Reddit literally started as one page. And in some ways it was like a, uh, curatorial output of the internet, right? It was like this page where you could go and see, you know, the most kind of cool and interesting stuff or the most, whatever, the nerdiest stuff or whatever you want to call it of that day. And then it got too big for one page. And so it kind of fragmented or fractalized into this uh, hub of all these different communities, each of which are like kind of curating their own stuff. So it's a bit of an abstract example, but I think the analogy is uh, is directionally correct in that you know we you know we don't have the hubris to um, to you know tell people that we're the end all be all curators and that we're gonna like you know try to dictate what is good and is good, not good in this market. 
we're platform builders. We want to build an ecosystem where curators can thrive. And so while Super Labs is very active in curation, we've got stellar and you know kind of growing uh, teams of curatorial staff, and we're going to continue to lean into that. We're also empowering a network of, of curators. And so, um, you know, for the past year, we've been launching these uh, super spaces, each of which is run by um, a person or team who's dedicated to kind of like curating their own uh, communities and helping artists uh, do drops and that sort of thing. I love it. So I guess kind of to translate it to uh, the VC world, like what Republic.co is for early stage investing in companies, um, or what Binance Labs is for a launch pad. You guys are kind of like that for NFT collections. I guess if we're trying to compare it to something that uh, as crypto investors, we might be more familiar with. So that's amazing. I love it. Superrare.com. John and Jonathan, thank you so much for everything you've built. Uh, congratulations on your vision paying off for you guys. And we can't wait to follow up with you guys again you know, next year or whenever you have another big uh, roadmap announcement, hit us up. We'd love to have you back. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, Aaron, uh, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, thanks for the time, Aaron. It's a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Our pleasure. All right, Crypt Nation, we'll see you again next time with another great episode here at the Crypto 101 podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.